0: Greetings and welcome to Mysteries of the Mornland. Mysteries of the Mornland is a level up, advanced 5th edition actual play horror podcast set in the world of Eberron. As a horror podcast, listener discretion is advised. You can find a full list of content advisories in the episode description. Again, listener, welcome. We are excited to have you. Welcome back, everyone. Hello. 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 When last we left off, the characters had convened in the mysterious dining car C3. And just as they were starting to introduce each other, someone entered the room. Not through the door, but as though they manifested out of thin air or perhaps a bolt of lightning. <laughs> Enter lightning bolt Angela. Angela. She is six foot one, dark of skin, curly, poofy, grayish hair, tied back in a blue headband. Quite clearly, on her blue dress is a pink lapel featuring the image of a unicorn, the icon of House Orion." She says, "Hello, everyone. I'm Angela. Uh, y'all might have heard my keynote conversation. And I'm really glad you all uh, joined me for dinner. Honored to. Indeed. Good evening, Angela. Good evening. Well, I was just looking through the dossiers of all the folks that I have on our mission, and, and given that I was appointed to be the head of activities, I thought it would be important for me to get a few special people set aside and... Y'all are my special people. Hmm. If y'all feel so inclined as to take such a role, I would want to impose. At the same time, though, I can't think of anyone who, uh... Well, no one else's resumes were quite as sparkling as y'all's. Well, then please impose. Indeed. Beautiful. Uh, let's see. Vanguard. Vanguard? Van works. Van. I see you're quite distinguished in your military service. Same for you, chef. That's right. What of it? Oh, that was a compliment. Oh, uh, (laughs) thank you. Of course. And I see, ah, Rook, I see you have glowing letters of recommendation in your dossier. I'm not sure if you knew. I hear that you're an actor. And am I reading this right, that you're also a fairly accomplished Wandslinger?
1: I am indeed. And uh from the look of things, perhaps our uh, little circles negotiator.
0: Say oh yes. Yeah, that that quite uh that could be quite true. And and Master Sentek, I I do a little bow. It seems that you are also a veteran and a wandslinger. It's uh, in my time, yes. Very good. And and tell me, uh you you're you're quite good with inventions, yes? yes I'd like to think so. It's what I trained to be good at. It's along these lines that I actually bring you all here. To be frank, we need to discuss some of the specifics of the Mornland expedition. Tell me what any of you all know about the Mournland. Uh,
1: it's all that remains of a sire from many years ago. When during the last war, it suddenly fell into ruin without explanation.
0: Without explanation. Yes. Yes, that's the whole impetus behind our investigation. What about the conditions on the ground there? Are any of you familiar? Bad.
2: Yeah, only rumors.
0: Yes. Well, just about everything you can imagine that could go wrong with the arcane comes to pass. First of all, the medic's from House Jorosco that go out report that in some places, healing magic doesn't work whatsoever. In some places, spells themselves take on a life of their own. That, plus undead, demons, any kind of horrible nightmare thing that you could imagine, just about everything seems to be in play. One of the things that I'm hoping you all can do is to be a sort of forward expedition team. And, you know, we have scouts and all these, but I need a special group of people in charge of uh, a beacon, if you will. We call it the stability beacon, and it's to actually help offset some of these difficulties.
3: What would you have us do?
0: It's uh, quite simple. As the advanced group, you go to our next point of encampment and set up the beacon there. That's more or less the routine. What is the nature of this beacon? How does it function? The stability beacon, it's, uh, well, let me show you the schematic. She pulls out a piece of parchment. It's tanned and covered in fairly high detail ink marks with labels and such that are very tiny, most very difficult to read. It looks a lot like a lantern. Inside the lantern are two orbs. She says, the stability beacon, you might call it an artificial manifest zone creator. We have two dragon shards in here, one of which is charged to the elemental plane of light and one to the plane of law. Between these two, we hope that some of our healing functionalities will maintain. And by virtue of law, we hope that some of the chaotic magical elements will dissipate. There may be consequences. There have been some tests with artificial manifest zones, but overall, manifest zones themselves are safe enough, and the conditions of the Mornland, I think, warrant uh, the possible inherent dangers of the beacon.
2: And this is something that turns on once it's installed?
0: Hmm. It does need to be turned on. It does require some charging. Mostly, though, it emanates an aura. And physically put, putting into place is a little bit less complicated than causing the dragon shards to irradiate that's why we need an expert on the ground i i give just a uh, without looking i just
2: give a little thumbs up while i'm still like scouring the blueprint just absorbing it shet's looking over your shoulder at it <laughs> over your entire body at it <laughs> yeah yep
0: <laughs> casting an annoying shadow yep
3: How far ahead of the um, main expedition would we be?
0: Normally, you would be the right hand of the expedition. We would be following close behind you. That may be relative in terms of absolute distances. In many cases, when we're traveling from location to location, you'll simply be in charge of guarding it and maintaining it. When it comes to tactical locations is where your team will most likely shine, so to speak.
2: Forgive me for returning to this point, but if this thing activates once we get where we're going, it seems we've got a team of a pair of wand slingers, and my own specialties are in divine magic, heading into a place where magic famously goes haywire. Seems like we might run into some trouble right off the bat.
0: Well, that's precisely
3: the point of having you. Mm-hmm. I would imagine that's where I would come in anyway.
0: Yes, uh, not only do we need people who are skilled in diverse forms of magic, we also need some muscle. Someone who's trustworthy. And might I again point out, Van, I appreciate your immaculate combat record. Thank you. I appreciate your appreciation. (laughs) She smiles. Well... Do you have any questions about what I'm asking you to do?
1: These beacons, how long will they remain in place once they've been installed? Is this something that will need to be replaced in time, or can we expect them to create reliable zones for the foreseeable future?
0: No, we only have one. Oh? That's the complication. Besides only having a limited amount of charge and needing to recharge, That's one of the difficulties. We hope to be able to mass-produce these at some point, but in a way, we only just got this beacon last minute.
2: Hmm. Where'd you get it from?
0: Oh, you know, the forerunners of arcane science. House Caneth, of course. Duh. (laughs) Good craftsmanship, then. (laughs) Yes, yes. You said
2: that... You said that this beacon is going to be uh, es- essential for establishing your advance point. Uh, where, may I ask, are you advancing towards?
0: Well, I'm so glad you asked, Chef. That is our very next order of business. Is I wonder if, whether or not you've been orientated to what path we'll be taking.
2: Not so far.
0: So, we're on the lightning rail, leaving Sharn. Tomorrow morning we'll be arriving in Rote, where we'll have our first cruise shift. It's an another 22 hours to our next stopping point, where there will be another cruise shift. And after that, it's a mere seven more hours from there to Sharn. Or sorry, from there to Vatherond. And Vatherond is the last point on the line. It's right on the border to Old Kyre. And between Vatherond and the Dead Grey is our forward camp. That's where we will all be setting up. Theoretically, we would like for you all to take the beacon, get it just inside the gray, and activate it. That will make the transition of the main team, including the ground sled, that'll make that transition into the gray much easier for everyone else.
3: Should we happen to come across any sort of scenario that requires uh, perhaps some uh, critical thinking um, do we have carte blanche to uh, approach these as we see fit or do you, would you rather us report any and everything we encounter uh, back to the main camp first
0: it's very difficult to get sending stones to operate correctly in the Mornland, and that's part of the reason why y'all were all selected was because we need folks we can trust to do the right thing when the time comes
3: Very well. Well, I've spent most of my life on the front line, so I cannot see how spending another portion of my life doing so will be any different, so I will accept this request. I'm sad to report to you, Mr. Warforged, that most of us have
0: spent our lives on the front line. I know that your people were specially made for that purpose, but none of us are ignorant of the difficulties of war. Perhaps. Perhaps. Yes, so once we get to Vatherond, we'll go to the forward camp. You all will take the beacon, go through the gray, not very far at all. And that's a tactical point. It's easy to get lost in the gray. You'll go through, await us, and from there, we will make our way towards the Let Me Find My Map. Angela pulls out her map of old Khyr. As I, in real life, am pulling up my map of the Mornland. Oh, very method. (laughs) Yeah, very method. (laughs) Our first stop will be Calizart. That's about a third of the way through the nation. Double that distance from the border, almost on the far side, is the capital of Metrol, which is our ultimate destination. You see... The origination of the dead gray mist, from what reports were able to get out on the day of morning, report mist pouring out of the vaults in Metrol, and pouring out various places uh, such as Making and Easton as well. Metrol, being the old capital, makes it our highest priority.
3: Understood. Will anyone be accompanying us on this, or are we... Are we the, uh, the sole members of this squad? Hmm. Sole members of the squad.
0: I suppose the time will eventually come where you might need to recruit some folks from the main camp to join you. However, I would like for you to see what you can accomplish on your own. For the time being. And is there a
2: designated commander among us, or are we uh, a band
0: of equals? I suppose you should choose your own organization. Of course, it was suggested that I give this to the communication officer. She puts a leather pouch onto the table. The leather pouch is attached to a leather belt. There seems to be something heavy inside, size of a fist sized rock.
2: Do we have a communications officer?
0: <laughs> I don't think any of you are heirs of House Civis, but not to worry. This sending stone does not require that mark in order to use. It can be used by anyone, although there may be some training in order to get it to contact our stone at camp.
2: Mm-hmm. Sheffel reach forward and grab the pouch and open it up and see what's inside.
0: Inside is a glowing dragon shard. Dragon shards, of course, being these luminescent crystals filled with lines that make these ornate recursive patterns. Uh, is anyone trained in arcana? Yo. Bingo. You all know that dragon shards are an essential material for industry in the Five Nations. This particular shard, a golden one, is called a Sibiris dragon shard, and they fall from space. At night, the skies of Eberron are a beautifully well-lit sight to behold, hosting 12 moons and a golden ring around the equator and it is from this golden ring that sippery's dragon shards are thought to fall this is one of those stones and it has been attuned by house caneth to do the specialties of house sippes
1: nifty impressive ingenuity i can see that uh, no expense has been spared for this expedition
0: no no expense well that's convenient sheth will
2: put the dragon shard back in the pouch safely and then just leave it on the table uh in front of him not officially claiming it but just sort of leaving it where he could pick it back up if we end up
1: leaving
0: i suppose it should go to whoever is the best at communication rook
1: looks around the table reaches out and starts to put their (laughs) hand on it uh and just says uh your faith is an honor and not wasted
0: And starts to take the stone. (laughs) Sheth will not not stop you. Angela nods. Very good. Very good. Okay. I have a couple of other meetings to get to this evening. Do you all have any other questions for me before I go? None whatsoever, ma'am. Seems we've got our orders. I'm so grateful that you all agreed to this. Uh, is there a name for this strike force that I might call you?
1: <laughs> Ooh, time to put us on the spot.
0: <laughs> what are we,
2: some kind of suicide squad?
1: <laughs> uh, where are we heading? We're, look- we're looking to cut the center line from Calazar to, ca- to Metrol? That's right. Ooh. I feel like we gotta do something with that.
3: Mm.
0: Well, perhaps I'll get back to you on that point. (laughs) Be thinking about it. I'd love to call you all something nifty. That has branding, you know. Brands everything. (laughs) Okay. Well, uh, I'm off to my next meeting. I hope you all will take tomorrow to rest up because day after, you start bright and early. No, just kidding. It's going to be about three when we get there. (laughs) Bye! (laughs) (laughs) And with that, uh, just as mysteriously as she appeared, Lightning Bolt Angela is gone, as though some breath on the wind whisked her away. Nothing but respect
1: for her flair
0: for the dramatic. It's pretty impressive.
3: It was a bit excessive, but...
1: I'll
0: take it. Would it be dramatic if it weren't? Right about then, the door at the cabin rings, not knocks, but rings. And a small army of halflings carrying your dinner (laughs) push plate after plate onto everywhere. One of which carrying a glass gestures towards Warforge. Can I get you a refill, sir? (laughs)
3: <laughs> um, y- y- yes, yes, go right, go right ahead
0: She fills it by a third So now your glass is One half plus one third full
3: <laughs> 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 Just to visualize something uh, How are we all sitting in this room? Are we like close to one another? Or are we kind of spread out?
0: So this is a circular table It's somewhat cozy in here It's well lit There are several private rooms in this particular car, so that's a consideration. I'd say that y'all were each no more than two feet apart from one another. Mm. Two and a half feet from one another, because there has to be room for Angela. (laughs) (laughs) I'm
2: going to get my food then. Yep. Chef starts digging in. (laughs) While we're
1: eating, periodically, like, if there's a lull and there's quiet, Syntec will be like,
0: Beacon Brigade.
1: Beacon Brigade.
0: And it's whether people... Yeah, and he'll just say that out and not not follow anything up and then go back to eating, because he's thinking.
1: Beacon Brigade.
0: Hmm. <laughs> the day and the night passes. Everyone is shown to their sleeping quarters before all too long. The rain hums gently on the train ceiling. It's a constant... Sometime about four in the morning, the rain abates. Sheth, I need you to make a constitution saving throw.
2: Oh, well, I can do that. Let's see, I'm sure I'm good at that. Not Mm -hmm. not too bad. I'm a a tough fella. Huh. Well, uh, that is a natural one for a three.
1: Uh Uh-oh. Short exposition. (laughs)
0: That's I get my new character ready (laughs) Your stomach is hurting you quite badly This naturally echoes into your dreams There are three little girls standing in front of you There's blood on their faces The light is coming from behind them And their bodies and persons are all covered in shadow When they look at you, when you meet their eye They seem to be whispering you each one different foul secret that the universe knows, but perhaps humans would like to keep quiet. You feel blood coming from your face. The three girls turn around and walk into the mist. There's a pain in your forehead as well. Horns break out of your eyes. Your body's contorting. Your lower portions are now somewhat... Equine, how do you have four legs? Your wings have returned. You're enormous. You stand over the ruined cities. You stand over the blood-soaked fields. The sun is eclipsed by the moon. Blood rains down. You hear a word echoing in your mind. The rage of war. Morning comes you hear the shift change. The rail is no longer running anywhere. Crew members are shifting in and out of the lightning rail station, an ordinary lightning rail station, in what must be the Brelish capital of Rote. No more than 30 minutes pass, and the rail is on its way again. It's an overcast morning. No rain. The next 22 hours will be over the vast plains, of the Brelish landscape. In the fullness of time, some halflings each greet you all for breakfast when y'all are in the main social car.
3: Van has learned his lesson and uh, is not going to get another drink because he didn't like having to hold a cup all night. <laughs> <laughs>
2: uh, Sheth will be slow to get out of the sleeping quarters that morning, and when he wakes up, will be sort of feeling around his face, uh, toying with the symbol of the silver flame that hangs around his neck.
0: There aren't any horns coming out of your eyes. Well, that's
2: good. Your wings are gone. (laughs) (laughs) That's all. Two legs and all that. Uh, Sheth will spend... Sheth might be the last one uh, to breakfast this morning as he'll spend some time meditating and thinking about things. But eventually, uh, gets up, puts on a well-practiced game face, and heads out for breakfast. I need you to make a dexterity
0: saving throw. Sure. 13. When you walk out into the main social car, it's filled with what must be close to 75 little girls with blood coming all over their faces. You dodge out of the way, out of their line of sight, very quickly. What do you do? <laughs> Back into the
2: room and take a second, gather myself. Are they still through the door? Do I see just this sea of
0: figures? Well, you see a sea of figures. They're not little girls. They're people. They're, <laughs> that is, they're, uh, they're the exact crowd that you would have expected to see in the first place. Ah.
2: Deep breath holds the holy symbol takes his hand off of his morning star, tentatively steps forward back out into
0: the hallway. This seems to be a perfectly normal dining car. That is to say, the social car that you knew yesterday seems to be perfectly intact. The halfling servers, these are very, very typical House Galanda service folk, they take your breakfasts and morning gives way to noon. And I have to wonder, what is everyone doing today? How do you each make your day?
1: Ruff spends some time over uh, breakfast, sort of spinning yarns of stories that she's heard traveling the continent. Just sort of trying to get everybody into bright spirits and talking about, as we're, in, we're stopping off in Brailen. she tells stories of her homeland and like points out landmarks and monuments to people as they go by. Just kind of trying to brighten the mood around things.
0: Interesting. One of the stories that comes to your mind, Rook, is the story of the floating fortress. Uh, the, the story of the floating fortress, the name of which is Argonth. This fortress, well, it was famous during the war. It's a literal floating, moving fortress. The artificers used their enormous cannons, for lack of a better word. These are glorified magic wands that are larger than households to shoot magic projectiles at enemy forces across the way. It was invaluable for defense during the war. You don't have to roll for this one, Syntek. Yeah. The Argonth is one of three very famous uh, floating fortresses that House Caneth made. And in fact, who's closest to the window right now?
3: I guess that would be Van. Um, been kind of solemn, just sticking and looking out the whole time, so I guess that would be me.
0: Yeah. On the horizon, it looks like you can see a city. And as you draw closer to the city, it seems to be drawing closer a lot faster than the surrounding trees. The towers you see in this city must be at least five stories high and they are built atop a precipice guarded by a nearly vertical wall even higher than those buildings. As you draw closer, it is apparent that this is no mere outpost. The walls surrounding this city are levitating, and the precipice on which the city is built connects to a long bridge to an even larger floating-walled area, which looks something akin to the front engine of a lightning rail. This, there is no doubt, is the very fortress under discussion a moment ago, the floating fortress of Argonth. The people in your railcar fling themselves against the southern-facing windows to get a better look at the towering gray war machine. As the lightning rail pulls parallel to the Argonth, it becomes clear that this titanic floating terror must be at least five times the length of your train. The gasps of awe in the train suddenly shift to cries of alarm. The turrets on the front portion of the Argoth spin and gyrate like dentist drills. The crystals atop the turrets indicate that they are the massive wands and stabs shaped into cannons called arcane artillery. The massive metal wands heave themselves about, and one can practically hear their clanging despite the distance and the roar of the lightning rail. They come to rest, and time seems to stand still for a dreaded moment as you all stare down the barrels of the Argonauts' main guns. Thanks again for listening to this week's episode of Mysteries of the Mornland. You can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. If you like what we do and want us to keep up the good work, check out our Patreon. There are a variety of backer levels and rewards, and patronage of any size helps us keep the podcast up and running. The song you're listening to is Collision by Derringen, which we found on ocremix.org. You can find the information on all our music in the episode description. Thanks again for listening. We hope to see you again next time.